This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app and you'll get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with three for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. Beyond the pitch, beyond the results, we're here to connect fans, getting them to embrace the highs and lows of supporting your club because we're not just fans, we're a team. With two in three football fans having struggled with their mental health, we understand that life off the pitch can present its own challenges. That's why we're committed to ensuring you have the tools to stay connected with your friends and fellow supporters. Take a moment to connect with your mates. A simple text or an open conversation can make a world of difference. And if they don't respond right away, don't hesitate to follow up. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. This week on RVER, sponsored by Progressive Insurance. Hey, Chief, we got a damaged RV on its way to the OR. Well, that sounds like a job for the new head of RV surgery. <laughs> Wait, are you promoting me? Congrats, Martinez. Doctor! Well, that sounds like a job for the new head of nursing. So you're just promoting everyone now? Yeah, kind of looks that way, doesn't it? When your RV really needs saving, Progressive has you covered. See if you could save with a leader in RV insurance. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates covered subject to policy terms. On August 25th... I'm the most brutal, vicious, ruthless champion that ever been. The most anticipated original series is here. You may know Tyson. You're the heavyweight champion of the world, young, rich, and black. But do you know Mike? The minute you get too big, they gotta cut you down. Starring Trevante Rhodes. Um, I am Mike. And Harvey Keitel. They'll love you as much as they fear you. Now I'm really gonna have some fun. Mike, series premiere August 25th, only on Hulu. Good evening, good evening. Hello everyone, welcome back to Friday Night Live with That Mill Podcast. Hope everyone's doing well. How are we all? I think a few evenings in the chat. Let me introduce to you my two regular co-hosts. First up, the ex-fan on the board, as he likes to say, if you didn't know he was fan on the board, Mickey Stimson. <laughs> He's shaking his head. Let me unmute your mic. You can unmute yourself or do you want me to unmute? <laughs> I just Hello, had to mate. keep it. Hello, mate. I just had to keep it muted before I called you a cunt. Um, so yeah, start as we mean to go on. There's tick one for the uh, what you know, that Melbourne podcast bingo. So, uh, yeah, no, I'm all good, mate. All good. Been a nice, That's relaxing it. week. Feels a bit weird that we haven't done a midweek show. Um, but still, we'll uh, we'll have to make up for tonight instead. Fresh from uh, BBC fame, by the way, for Friday night. Uh, we've got Neil Fizzler. How you doing, mate? Good evening, good evening, everyone. How is everyone? But yeah, shout out to everyone in the chat. Kevin Porter, how you doing, mate? I hope everything's okay. Same thing to Dave. Good evening. Also, another Dave. How are we doing? And also, Charlie. Hope you're well, mate. Hope everything's okay. Hope your internet's all right these days. <laughs> um, also, Alan. How you doing, mate? Hope you're good. So, yeah, if anyone's in the chat, be sure to say hello. Also, likewise to Mr. Adam Scanlan. I think he's got the most important question here, mate. Neil, have you sorted Tinder yet? <laughs> Not quite. It's in the midst of being done. 
well. I think um, I'm sure we can get a little uh, campaign going here. Neil for t- for Tinder, we've got to make it happen. So um, yeah, well, if somebody be... wants to write my profile. I'll put oh, it on. Oh, 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 oh. <laughs> <laughs> put it in the chat. Put it in the chat. There's if there's challenge. enough interest, we'll maybe spend an extra 10 minutes after the show getting these Tinder profiles sorted. How about that? If there's enough interest for it. Sorry. But, uh, hello, John. How you doing? Um, also, same question. Any dates? Have you got any dates lined up yet, Neil? What's going on? Uh, Connor, how you doing, mate? Evening to you. Same thing to you, We're Keith. We're in lockdown. Well. We can't date. I'll get a 200 quid. I'll get a 200 nicker. Fine, won't I? Shout yes, out to the couple of in the chat. Hey, Dana, John. Yeah, sorry, officer. I'm out on a date just so the boys on the podcast can have a bit of a laugh on Friday night. Sorry, mate. I'll go home. But yeah, hello, Darren, and hello, Mark, as well. But yeah, boys, we're uh, here tonight to preview, obviously, our game tomorrow. How are we feeling about that? Just on a brief one, Neil. Look forward to tomorrow's game away to Reading. I was until I started looking into our record at the Majewski, which is absolutely woeful. I think we've only won won there twice uh unbelievable i think we won there in 2018 and 2001 so but we've finally found some form haven't we we after last week so we're going to go there on a high hopefully no i mean that's it i think it's going to be interesting to see how we do i think you're right in what you say about reading i think you know you mentioned it earlier but i'm not too sure like Obviously, the win we got a few years ago when Cahill came back, I think it was Gregory scored that day and Romeo maybe got deflected short, sticks in the memory. I think it was about That's two right, or three, yeah. three years ago now, I reckon, around this time of year, actually. Uh, I think I had a little memory pop up. I think, yeah. There you go. Um, but yeah, you look forward to tomorrow's game, Mickey? I'm wanking. Just as I was going to take my swig and a drink, I think he needs to fucking get a yak on for a little bit and I'll get a fucking swig. I've not had a, I've not had um, a beer for 2021 yet, so there's me and I'm on the Pepsi Max, so if anyone's interested... What's everyone drinking today? <laughs> no, I, I, I think it'll be a good game. Look, I, I like it when we go into games and we're the underdogs because I think that's when we perform better when we're the underdogs. So, um, yeah, I think it. Uh, I think we'll be all right. Um, good evening, Tom. I'll come back to you in a minute. Um, but yeah, no, look, I, I, I think it's. Um, I think it's going to be all right tomorrow. Trust me. I said that the other. I said that last weekend as well. I said have faith. So, um, you know what. Um, bit pissed off last week. I called three one in our chat, and then fuck me, we went to score four one. So yeah. Well, I'm sure Josh Bain's already commented in here saying uh, morning, but it's actually evening. So each their own. But yeah, he, but he could mention, be he, he could be in New Zealand or somewhere, well, couldn't he? Well, Josh had three one Millwall on, and he's going to donate the winnings to charity. And unfortunately, obviously, Marlon Romeo steps up and scores that fourth goal. So um, we'll Tom see if we can get a little. Look at oh, Tom Bradshaw, he got the touch on it. But if anyone wants to get a little bet going again, I mean, we'll get some predictions towards the end. Maybe we can uh, get a little incentive going again. But yeah, I mean, obviously, we're going to talk about new signings and obviously, what, well, not new signings, obviously, obviously contracts being renewed. So I guess that's a new part to get onto. But Connor Tobin beat us to it. Danny Mack, Murray Wallace, and Tyler Bury all signed new deals. What's your first instincts on that this week, Neil? Pretty good, isn't it? I think. Uh... I think in the past, Mill have been guilty of letting things slide, uh, leaking contracts until the end of the season, particularly with Danny McNamara, who's been a revelation, I think, since he came back from Scotland. It was essential that we got him tied down because I'm sure his agent's working overtime in pushing him around Premier League clubs and, and such like. So it's pretty good that we've actually 
swiftly got in and done our business pretty early. Tyler Bury, a player that you rate very highly, did pretty well in that Borehamwood Cup tie, didn't he? When he came on, a player I'd like to I'd like to see a lot more of. And we all know what I think of Murray Wallace. The bloke is real war, isn't he? Solid, dependable, great squad player. No matter what we do next season, we're going to need the likes of Murray Wallace who can play in one or two positions to really bolster the squad. Agreed with you there. I think, uh, you know, it's always good to have versatile options as well. You can obviously play left back or the left wing back, so to speak, and also left side centre half. So, yeah, I think on that side, it's definitely, you know, he's definitely a player to keep around. I think a lot of people are kind of critical. I think, you know, no one doubts his commitment and obviously how he, you know, how he comes across and obviously what he gives to the side in the sense of his work rate. But I think people maybe say if we're going to try and progress in the championship, maybe then that's when we get a little bit held back talent-wise. But if you have Scott Malone left wing back and then also Murray Wallace's backup, I don't think that does any harm whatsoever. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's interesting. Well, I think Tyler Bury, I think it'd have been interesting if he got a loan move. I think during the week, Gary Rowett, Mickey said about, you know, he would have liked to have moved him on if the right option came about to give him some first-team football because... You know, he's behind Jed Wallace. You could argue he's behind a couple of other wingers in the side, isn't he? Yeah, he is. But I think what this does is shows faith what the board has in the manager, what the manager has with the club. And then obviously what he's doing is, is looking to rebuild a team. So, you know, everyone going, oh, right, out, right, right, right. We're, you know, we, we were saying it's not going to happen. The board obviously have got a plan. He's got a plan. And that plan is, you know, a two, three-year plan to rebuild. Um and I think that's what he's looking to do. He's secured some good youngsters coming through what are going to be with us for a good few years, hopefully, even invest, even investment-wise. I think a couple of years of us will be a good turnout for them um, if they turn out to be as good as they look now. Uh, and I think, seriously, it, it it's good times ahead that he's slowly trying to build a team. So, yeah, I think it's all good all round. I think he's obviously found the winning formula, he feels like, or at least a formula to take forward. So... I think we're going to see more of this formation, 5-3-2. You know, obviously a couple of injuries in the last few days that have come about, so to speak. It looks like Keith's going to miss out tomorrow, and so is obviously Brian Leonard, which we'll get onto in a bit. So, you know, opportunities will be given to players like Billy Mitchell, hopefully, to come in and make an impression. So we'll talk about our 11s later on in the show. A few um, interesting shouts on drink here. I think uh, Alan's come through with the old me-drinking methylated spirits. Followed by petrol. Never mix your drink, Caesar. <laughs> as, long, as long as you've got the boot polish to just go with the methylated spirit, you'll be all right, fella. <laughs> yeah, don't have a fag afterwards, for God's sake. <laughs> Adam's on the dark fruits. So, Adam, uh, Adam needs to be banned, by the way, for his next comment. What I say about Ryan Woods on a permanent? Yeah. Well, that's it. So Mark McCallum saying Woods on a permanent uh, is that a rumour, supposedly. I mean... Apparently, he's got another year on his deal, which wasn't something we was aware of at the time. I don't know if Stoke you know, executed an extra year, but I was reading somewhere the other day that he might have another you know, another year added to his contract. So, I, I don't know. I mean, if, if Stoke don't want him, I, you know, they've not changed management. So, I guess, you know, in that sense, the manager might still write him off. I imagine we will get him on a cheap deal. And obviously, you know, would people take him on a permanent or not? You know, get the comments in below. But I think that's it. Like, it, I, I'm not sure, personally. I think... Maybe we've got to see the best of him in the games coming up. You know, the sides that are you know below us, so to speak, or sides that we should expect to dominate games. But you know, I think Woods gets missed out in games, especially when we're playing a bit more on the counter attack. Neil, I don't know what you think about that. I think we look a lot better without him. To be quite honest, nothing against him. He's a good player. He just doesn't suit the way we play. I think everybody will agree on that. Me and Mickey 
have been advocates for this for quite a long time, Nick, haven't we? And uh, he's a good player. He's going to cost us a sizable chunk of money in wages because he isn't going to come down here for a pay cut, is he? Even though football's changed with what with COVID and things like that. But I wouldn't take him because I don't think he fits into our style of play. And I think we look a lot better without him. But my fear is... We're going to get him. Yeah. Yeah, but that's my fear. Yeah, but that's my fear. My fear is that he pals with Rowett and Harvey Bustle. Yeah. And he's heading this way on a permanent transfer next summer. I would, have him, I would have him on a permanent deal, though. Would, would you not? I mean, he definitely, he's a no. different option. If, you, if you're looking at the side and you're thinking, you've got Ben Thompson, no nonsense. Kiffin Bell, probably no nonsense. You know, a couple, Ryan Leonard's obviously a bit more direct of his running as well. Then you've got Woods, who's a bit of a ball player. You do need that option, especially with Williams going on an age a little bit. No, Neil? You sure do? No, because he actually sees George Evans in that role, doesn't he? Right. Well, I mean, this is it, though. He's talking he about the ball playing. I think Evans will be playing the centre half though. I think he's right centre half or in the middle well, of the three. I don't know. We'll have to wait and see. But I mean, I would take him personally. I, I don't know. Yeah. I've got the chat's got some interesting one. Will you? I like I like Katie's Katie's one. I'll take him if he played less. <laughs> Not to miss out on a few other comments. Gary Smith here. I'd rather have Malumbi over Woods given the choice. I think Malumbi's on the bench tonight for Preston North End just to add a little bit of a. Uh, an interesting one day, you know. I think he's not getting a game at Preston, which shows. Uh, yeah, we well, up with that one, didn't we? We really did. Josh has only taken on the permanent for price. Yeah, well, that's it. Well, well, Keith is an interesting one, isn't it? I think. <laughs> What's so funny, Mickey? Look at um, oh, where's it gone? Look at Alan Smith's comment. Oh, here we go. <laughs> <laughs> Oh. We're missing on some beer shout hey, as well. So we've got so Gavin Smith on the Morettis. We've got Josh on, on the Buds. Hang on, hang on, Omar, Omar. I've got to address this. Go on. No, uh, where is he? It's there, isn't it? That one. No, I don't have an issue with ginger people because I've got two kids with a ginger. And I pick up Neil, if you go back through the stage, I pick up Neil every time he uses a gingerism and, and I pull him on it straight away. So um, unfortunately, uh, Mill will drive home, Tony. Um, that's a, a blatant, slanderous lie on my fantastic character, um, and it's not allowed. Well, yeah, <laughs> I do. <laughs> well, this is, I think Tom's obviously a Birmingham City fan, so this is going to be an interesting one here. You've got an amazing player in Kefton Belt who I take over Woods any day, much more consistent. So, I mean, obviously, having a Birmingham fan in the chat, I mean, what was. I think I've, I've read some news or, or some tweets online that obviously Birmingham fans were quite sad to see him go, Tom. I'll put it to you now. Why did he leave? Is it, you know, did he get an offered new deal? Was it finances? Was he, you know, was he not fancied by the manager? I thought he got into the side in recent weeks. So be interesting to see what you think from an opposition. We're going, we're going on Tom's show over the weekend, one of us, either Sunday or Monday. Tom does the um, the Blue Story, I think, um, podcast for Birmingham. And he uh, and he's invited us on Sunday, Monday, um, and we'll be yeah, doing it. Under- yeah, but he couldn't understand the locals. That's why he came down here. <laughs> we want to be together. So Neil's not going on the Birmingham show on this on the weekend. So, 
Interesting shout here from Gavin Smith saying about Cameron Brannigan. He's actually um, a midfielder that I think he used to be maybe at Liverpool a few years ago. So, I mean, that would be an interesting one personally. I mean, I think he's a more of an attacking-minded player as well, so it could be an option. And he's also mentioned uh, Neil's favourite. Jack I Pot. reckon that's I reckon that's Neil in disguise. You know that Gavin Smith is really Neil. I'll tell you what, yeah, Jet Cot at Plymouth. I'm going to say this because I saw him play about 18 months ago before he went down to Truro non-league. He is a proper proper player. He he would solve a lot of our goal scoring problems, no problem at all. But I fear. I fear they're going to want four or five million pounds for him. Well, that that's... is my only fear about it. They don't need to sell. Yeah, and he's—I think he's actually League One's leading goal scorer. If not, he's not far off. But he is a proper, proper player, and he's just been called up into the Welsh full, full, full Welsh squad as well. I would be absolutely delighted to see Luke Jetcott. At Millwall, in fact, in fact, I'd get my brother-in-law to drive him up there. <laughs> I mean, it's an interesting one. I think you know we don't often. The last player we signed from a lower league, so to speak, or lower like you know striker, so to speak, was Lee Gregory, and obviously Gregory went on to do okay for us. I think the difference is is the fees these days that you got to pay for these players, and you know the balance of risk and reward on this. This is it, like. You know, you put money into a player, like you say, four or five million, that would smash our record transfer fee if that was the case. It'd probably be a lot cheaper than that. Well, not a lot cheaper, but it probably wouldn't be as much as that, maybe with add-ons to take it there. But it's a, it's a big risk, Neil, no? Like, to put a lot of money into a young player like that. Yeah, but you see the likes of Brentford do it. Brentford have done yeah. it with Ivan Tony and uh, Ollie Watkins, who came from just up the A38 at that horrible little shithole that's at the top of the expressway. Uh, so you've got to do it these days in football. It's no good thinking, will I or won't? Will it come off? Won't it come off? Yeah. You you, you do your homework on these players. And what's the worst that's going to happen? He's going to be with you for five or six years and you get five or six years use out of him. Yeah. Or you speculate to accumulate you spend three or four million quid on him and hopefully you're going to get 10, 15, 20 million back. It's, yeah, but they do all the analytics. I know that you love analytics and football's full of it these days. <laughs> Whereas I just go out and scout a player and do it the old way and think, yeah, he can do a job for me. They look into all sorts, don't they? So I, I don't the... think it'd be too much of a gamble, to be honest, depending upon the price. I think a lot of it is to do with the way we play, though. You look at Tony going from, I think he was, you know, kind of at Newcastle for a bit, then he found his home at Peterborough and they took a risk on him. But Peterborough play an attacking style play that they know is going to make their strikers look, even though they're good, they're going to glorify him a little bit. But if you sign a, a nice young attacking player for Millwall, the problem we're going to have is that we don't really cater too much to our forwards and they don't get many chances in games. If you're Brentford, though, Brentford create X amount of chances more or less every single game. So... That's, that's, the, that's the difficulty though I think like you bring these young players in which is what Gregory found that one year he had with us the first year he signed for us he was still our top goal scorer but he scored a hat-trick in the last day of the season which kind of flattered him a little bit more 
I think he, if you take away that, he would have had six goals in that year. So, like, it's difficult for these strikers. For ages, could he? This, this is he it. couldn't so, like, score for absolutely ages. So, it's, it's a hard one. I think, you know, if you find the right balance and you find a side that's created loads of chances, like we did on Saturday, for example, then maybe it might work. But, I mean, that's an interesting one. I think, you know, how's everyone feeling this week after, you know, we've got a win? I think it was TT that said it. It's just a night. I think this week I've not had a single worry about Mill this week, which is a different one for me. And seeing all the news about contract renewals, it's it's been a nice week, Mickey, hasn't it? Just to kind of embrace the four-one win and have a few days off from it and go again this weekend. It's lovely, isn't it? It's lovely to have a win and be able to fucking not see all the drab and fucking not listen to certain people just bitch and moan and and constantly be down with everything. But you know what? We got a game tomorrow. Uh, it'll be back to normal if uh, if we don't fucking do something tomorrow. So um, yeah, look, I, I I I've got the faith. I think we'll be all right tomorrow. I know Neil's already jinxed it by giving us our bad run already by telling us when we last won and and did this and did that. But you know what? Um, I I think I think we're 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 definitely nick a win tomorrow. Heads on. Interesting one. Records are made to be broken, of course, aren't they? That's true. Records I think... are made to be broken. And exactly. we go in there flying. Although, I think I was starting to doubt Robert in that first half last Saturday because we were absolutely woeful. Then we got that penalty scored and then it was just a totally different Millwall, wasn't it, after that? And I think everybody was buzzing, buzzing for days. I don't think we was that bad last week in the first half. We wasn't great, but I think oh, they just we kind of, they got the early goal. A lot of people have made a big thing out of this, right? And yeah, compare it to the second half. Second half and then first half is night and day, by all means. But we played worse this season than we did in the first half. I think it was because we got the good performance against Norwich, and there was a lot of hope going into Saturday's game. I think that's why people kind of, you know, got excited about the game. And then they saw that and they're like, for fuck's sake, we're back to square one a little bit. But yeah, I don't but think like, we were that bad. It was a game we had to win. And for 41, 42 minutes, it didn't look like we were going to win. That's what the disappointing thing was. Yeah, we knew we had to turn up and we knew we had to play because otherwise they were freezing right down our necks and we were fucking dog shit. That's basically it. You lost the faith. No, I regained the faith. I think Neil lost it in the first half because it was funny. I did. I because did. we're talking about the obviously doing the show afterwards, and you was like, "Get me on, I need to moan." And then we go and win four one, and it kind of. I think a lot of people were like you, Neil. So I'm not just singling you out for this because in the first half in particular, a lot of people were really upset about it when you read through Twitter. And I don't think it was that bad. I really don't. I think they just got the goal. And bear in mind, this is a Sheffield Wednesday team that were one of the form teams in the year, so to speak, since the turn of the year. They've not been that bad of runs, so to speak. And obviously for us to then kind of come back and win for one the way we did, I think a lot has to be said to the players about that. We'll move on anyway, because I want to talk about our game tomorrow. And obviously got a couple of injury issues to say, but I think you know, one of them is actually Keith and Bell, that Tom's replied to me on here. He says, just clear off the wage bill. And Karanka didn't fancy him in the beginning, but I had no choice but to play him due to injury. Tom, I'm right thinking he's a bit of a fan favourite as well, wasn't he? I think a lot of people rated him and kind of, you know, thought highly of him at Birmingham. I don't think he ever got like singled up for any rewards, but I think he was quite a favourite for a lot of the support there. So, I mean, send Tom a link, get him on second half of the show. <laughs> we no, could we do. Can if ask him in we could definitely talk about it. I think he said here um, also was by far and away our best player this season, uh, this season because his head never dropped like others. When we're losing, he still gives a hundred percent. I rate the Brummy impression, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> so, I'm um, 
I'm texting him now, yeah? Well, before we do that then, so we talk about what our 11 should be, and I think the same goes to people in the chat below. Obviously, what do you think the 11 will be tomorrow? I think, you know, we've got a couple of injuries to contend with at the moment, haven't we, Neil? We've got no Ryan Leonard, who's been ruled out for the next 12 games, uh, according to news that then. I think he's an eight-week injury, but obviously the game's coming thick and fast. Oh, huge shame. Yeah. That's a huge shame, that one, obviously. No Ryan Leonard. And then the second one... Of... What, a few weeks ago, we wouldn't have been... Or a few months ago, we wouldn't have been saying that. But he has looked, by far and away, our, our, our most consistent player for absolutely weeks now. And ma- major shame. I think it's obviously he's a player that's kind of... I think he's my player of the season so far, to be honest with you. Like, he's been consistent. Go along with that. I don't think he's had many bad games, if one at all. You know, he's filled in at right wing back at the start of the season, the first couple. He's played right centre half in the last few. You know, they moved up to midfield on on Saturday, and you know, his versatility and he's you know, just I think his effort he's putting into the side as well. I think his teammates recognise that as well. So, yeah, I mean, it'll be a shame, and also no Kiffin Bell supposedly. I mean, it'd be a touch from guy I imagine maybe makes the bench. So, what's people's teams for tomorrow? I think. Drive home's kind of hit the nail on the head here, saying Evans will be in midfield. I think that's what you was reckoning could happen, Neil. No. Yeah, uh, from what I've been reading from Rowett, Rowett sees him long term as a midfielder, and I think he'll probably bring Pearson in his place. Mm. That's my view, anyway. I'm yeah, but I'm probably wrong. I'm just seeing images. I'm just seeing images of um, you know, Reading's attack, the likes of Dejario and stuff like that, just skipping past Pierce. I personally think he might put Billy Mitchell in the deep end. I, I know it's risky. I know he spoke a lot about nursing him back. I've just got a feeling that Billy Mitchell comes in tomorrow. I don't know why, but I Did think Billy Mitchell played two or three reserve games. I think he played two last week, didn't he? Because he played on the Friday game, and maybe one, had. and maybe one the week before that, perhaps. So he's played a couple of games. So. He's not obviously played, you know, in the first team yet, but he's been training for a few weeks. He's been in and around the setup, so I, I think it would be a big call because I think he strained the injury that he had, didn't he, in a reserve game? Mm-hmm. So I'm wondering if he really is fit, to be honest, or if or if it's one of them they're just trying, as you say, nurse him through. I think. Strain- I think it's a good opportunity for him to come in and just kind of grab the, you know, the opportunity as well. Unless he changes up and maybe puts Thompson in the midfield too. But I don't think he rates Thompson enough to play in the, one of the midfield two positions, so to speak. I think he'd rather Thompson goes further up and be busy a bit more and kind of runs around and kind of causes a bit of havoc. You saw what Thompson offered on Saturday, breaking the lines and getting, you know, in support of the two forwards up top. So, go on, Neil. Ben Thompson has not let us down since he's come into that side. Yeah, we were all calling for some for him to have some games and he really has stepped up to the mark he's been he's been absolutely fantastic mm-hmm. and we're just showing now what happens when we put him in and we get him in 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 on a regular basis interesting that the only uh, disappointing people. thing is that we're going to have to play Woods in midfield <laughs> you've got an agenda against Ryan Woods here and I I think, you know, I no, agree I've with... I've not Gavin. got an agenda. I just don't mm. want him at Millwall. It's interesting conflicts here between the two, TT and Gavin here. You know, Gavin saying Pierce's legs have gone, sadly. And then yeah, TT saying Pierce has been for the strength of Jao. I personally think I'd rather have Hutchison in the heart of the defence to deal with Jao, personally, than compared to Pierce. And I'd rather have Evans stay in the back three as well and keep a settled defence. That's just my personal opinion. I think, you know, you're looking at it, maybe Williams could come into the midfield next to Woods. I know they struggled against Coventry. 
But, you know, if Billy Mitchell's not fit to play from the start, you could see Sean Williams come into the side, which I don't think There's anyone's really mentioned. There's no run in there. There's well, no fucking run in there, is there? Christ almighty. It's interesting no one's <laughs> mentioned Sean Williams, though. So, like, is why are people writing Sean Williams off now? You know, he's, I think he's come in a couple of games. Bristol City at the, in December, he came in and put in a good middle, midfield performance. You know, I think Sean Williams yeah, is sometimes a player you stand for. No. Yeah, Woods didn't play in that, did he? <laughs> I don't think. No, and they did play together against Coventry. And I can understand the comment about, you know, the turnover. But I think if you've got the midfield two, and then and it's them two in that case, and then the three behind them, you know, the three defenders, you might be able to get away with players that, you know, aren't necessarily quick on the turn. So then maybe having the three defenders behind could help out the likes of Sean Williams. So we'll have to see. I think a few comments just to bring in some people's opinions. Dave O'Keefe, seriously think Leonard was on the way to being player of the season. Massive difference in his game this year. I think someone else shouted that above as well. I think it was Gavin, Leonard, the most improved player of the season. Uh, Mark McCallum's calling for Mitchell back in the midfield tomorrow. Paul here, with this season's been a constant cycle of we're absolute shit, so we're turning it around to we're shit again. I think this is it though, isn't it? Maybe now that we've got, you know, I know we've had Leonard injured, but hopefully this is an opportunity to have a settled team to kind of go forward, isn't it, Neil? Typical, typical Millwall, isn't well, it? Yeah. Absolute shit. Oh yeah, yeah. Now things are looking up. Shit again, and then we go and yeah. Well, I think yeah. Well, I think we said last week somebody was due an absolute stuffing off us, and it yeah. Well, it turned out to be correct. I didn't actually think it would be Sheffield Wednesday, mind you. But yeah, no. Yeah, but that's just yeah. But that's just what it's like as a Millwall fan, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Shit, brilliant. Shit, brilliant. You just got to accept it. I think. PT say Willow is always injured. Apparently, I mean, I don't know. I've not really seen that shout. I, I know he misses out sometimes on the match day squad and doesn't get involved. But I would thought more. He's thirty-five, was... isn't he? Oh, yeah. He's, yeah, but he's thirty-five now. Maybe thirty-four. 36. Thirty-three, thirty-four, yeah. I think. Wankers, fucking ages, nothing. Look at Ronaldo. Yeah, but Ronaldo yeah. looks after himself. <laughs> Adam's getting an early prediction in for his bet. I think John Danny's come on and score against oh, his former club. No, 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 no. <laughs> Funnily enough, on that, uh, when I went on BBC Radio Berkshire earlier on, they mentioned the ex-Reading players, and I said that they got their own back honours for mugging them for Hooper, for what was the, for, for Vardson, who coincidentally was actually, he actually started for Reading the last time Millwall won at MGHC. Well, interesting. Fact check. But yeah. no, fucking hell, Adam, come on, man. I think Williams was starting in the midfield, uh, Wayne reckons. He did very well when he came on last week, and I did think that as well. I mean, the game was already won at that point. I think he came on when it was 3-1. Or no, did he, come, did he come on for Leonard? It was when it was 1-1. Seems yeah. my mind correct in there. But, um, yeah, so obviously, you know, I think he did do a job when he came on uh, on Saturday, personally. Here's a team shout from Darren here. He's got Dan McNamara, Evans, Hutch, Cooper, Malone, Barton, goal, obviously. He's gone Keith and Woods in the middle. I mean, if Keith's fit, who would you have if Keith's not available, Darren? Uh, and then obviously Thompson, Bradshaw, and Sahor. Interesting. No Jed Wallace. Would you? I think Wallace gets pulled back into the team tomorrow. No Mickey. Yeah, I think he. I think he goes back in. He's had a nice bit of a rest. He should be. Um, he looks trouble when he plays there. As long as he's given that freedom role, he looks. But he, he, he can cause people lots and lots of trouble. Um, and also he takes the opposition's concentration away because the opposition wants to fucking always mark him. And it leaves some of the other ones a bit open. So, it, you know, he's a good decoy as well. Yeah, I mean, it could be an option. I think with Wallace, though, I think, you know, I think he's had his rest, so to speak, last Saturday. 
he's now always got an opportunity to get back into the side. And I think, you know, hopefully fresh from that, you know, rest from the side, he could come into the game tomorrow and be a real threat for us. I think I think teams have kind of struggled to transition into our formation just yet of what we're playing. So Mickey's the one with the clicking pens. So thanks for that, Mickey. I was wondering what that noise was. <laughs> but um, I think, you know, I think with Jed playing further up as well, he's picking up positions in the game where, you know, he's affecting the game more and he's having more of an impact, especially in our attack- attacking input. I mean... Well, credit team, though, on Saturday for the second half performance without Wallace, though. Maybe that's showing, you know, we have got a bit of depth and talent in our side, Neil. Yeah, well, you can't argue with what happened in the second half last week, can you? So, personally, if he isn't going to play for some reason, I would like to see Bradshaw play off Zahor. I think there's a bit of pace there, isn't there? And mm-hmm. And it would certainly give them something to think about. I know our friend the ex-Millwall goalkeeper, who phones me on a regular basis, he really wants to see Bradshaw play off Zahor up front. And, yeah, well, let's face it. But I think whatever happens tomorrow, we've just got to go into it believing in ourselves. We played very well last weekend. So let's carry on with it. Let's let's pick up where we left off. Come on, Neil. Let's get your starting eleven for tomorrow, mate. Do you want me to do mine first, or should I Go do? On, then you do yours first, All right, and I'll right. tell you if I disagree. So people put a few in. Joe Zampa's just put his in actually, so we will read that first. He's gone: Bart, Cooper, Hutchinson, Romeo in the back three. And a few people shouting for Romeo to play right side centre half. Which the I'll only tell thing you I'd, what, that's brave. The only thing I have a criticism about that is, is yes, he's got the pace to get himself out of position and in back in position, so to speak. But Romeo's just got the liability to get on the ball and do something silly with it. And I think if you play him right centre half he's more liable to making a mistake and getting caught out and costing the goal. That's my only worry about that. I can understand the shout and I can see the logic behind it. I'd rather McNamara be the right centre-half for then free Romeo to go up and down the pitch and leave him to do that at right wing-back. I think McNamara would offer that stability that we seem to get with playing three centre-halves that can pass the ball around. It's my personal opinion. So my team, I'd go with Barton goal. I'd have Danny Mack right wing-back. I'd have Evans, Hutchinson and Cooper. I'd have Scott Malone left wing back. My midfield two, I'd have Woods. And then I'd partner him with Willow, Sean Williams. I'm going to do it. I would say uh, Billy Mitchell. If it was a week down the line after, I would say Billy Mitchell in there could be an option because, you know, I think Mitchell will come in and obviously with Leonard's injury, it's like the perfect opportunity for him to come back in the side and try and stake his claim and live up to the hype that Rowett's put behind him. And obviously, with the amount of games coming, he will get his opportunity, though. So maybe tomorrow there's no need to risk him, and hopefully, second half he can come and make an impact. I'd have Thompson, obviously, behind the two of Sahor and Jed Wallace. What do you reckon, Neil? What's yours? I'd go along with that thinking. Obviously, if Keith is fit, I'd have him in there instead of Williams. But I can't disagree with your side there. I can't disagree with it you at all. You wouldn't even mate. take out Ryan Woods, mate. What's going on? Mate, mate, I'd take out Ryan Woods. Mickey would take out Ryan Woods. 95% of our fan base would take out Ryan Woods, but the manager won't. Well, you this can is see it. it now. Yeah, I mean... It, it, it's nailed on. He isn't going to take... New message. Hey, girlfriend, it's Carol from Jury Duty. We never actually spoke, but I saw you ordered the same hoagie as me at lunch. What are the chances? Anywho, I heard you just got a boat. We should totally grab some hoagies and take it out for a spin. When you get a boat, you also get new friends. Make sure Progressive's one of them and get coverage today for as little as $100 a year.
Do I want to feel the wind in my hair? Guilty as charged. <laughs> oh, seriously, let's ride on your boat. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and affiliates. Annual premium for basic liability policy not available in all states. On August 25th. I'm the most brutal, vicious, ruthless champion that's ever been. The most anticipated original series is here. You may know Tyson. You're the heavyweight champion of the world. Young, rich, and black. But do you know Mike? The minute you get too big, they gotta cut you down. Starring Trevante Rhodes. Um, I am Mike. And Harvey Keitel. They'll love you as much as they fear you. Now I'm really gonna have some fun. Mike. Series premiere August 25th. Only on Hulu. Take him out, so. So sensibly, when you think sensibly. Yeah, but exactly. As Gavin's just said. Woods and Williams can't play together. I no agree way. with that. That's but then you could say a few minutes ago. Kingston Bell's not got legs. You know, Kingston Bell's not got the turn of pace. That's my only criticism. Yeah, but he just kicks someone that. if they go past him. If you watch Keith, he's maybe a bit quicker than Williams, so I can't put him in the same category. But he's not, a, you know, he's not a Ryan Leonard in midfield, is he? He's not. He's not the same box to box kind of midfielder, is he? I guess you're right. Yeah, but he, he isn't. Yeah, but he isn't as slow, is he? Yeah. Maybe just, but I think I do think with what with and uh, Williams had trouble with is when we play in that back four, then there's no support behind them. But I think with Evans, Hutchinson and Cooper behind, I do think maybe we could get away with playing Woods and Williams in the middle. I personally would play Billy Mitchell if it was a one-off game, but bigger picture there, I think you've got to say. Yeah, I don't think I personally don't think Billy Mitchell's fit enough to play, or well, to start a game, to come on. Yeah, I'd agree, but. As to start in a game, big Would call. You think, okay? And I think your team's spot on. To be fair, I mean, even with Woods in there, I mean, it, it, Woods is okay if he's got enough room there. If he's got other people playing with him, then he, he has the room. We, you know, we've said it before that he is a good player, but he needs to be playing in a team where he can shine. And the trouble is, is that sometimes he, he just he. It's as if he just fucking coasts along rather than actually wants to play. Williams is my only questionable with yours is in, I just don't know if his legs will be there for 90 minutes. Well, the problem is, though, who else would you play? If Keith's not available, are you going to risk Billy Mitchell? Would you risk Billy Mitchell? That's the problem. You've got to play him, but I wouldn't risk Billy Mitchell because I don't think he's fit. Or would you put Ben Thompson in the middle with uh, Brian Woods and then maybe have Wallace as the number 10? And then you can have another striker. See, but that's that's when that's when he, it that's when Wallace comes into his own, isn't it? Um, and I don't know. A lot know. of people I mean, have been calling for that, haven't they? A lot of I people mean, have been saying. Yeah, but that's where he gets the freedom. Wallace. That's where he gets the freedom, and I think that's that's where you're going to actually see what he can do. And when he's got the freedom, he fucking. He, he, he's everywhere. He smashes it all over. He's, it, the problem is with him is that if you keep him in one area, he drifts into another area anyway. So you might as well just give him that fucking free roll and say, right, there you go, and then he can go where he wants. And that seems to edge the other team, the you know, the rest of the lads to perform that slightly bit better. Um, Ryan Wood's worth being on the pitch just for a couple of those fucking spot on passes. Um, he can, you know, he can stick it on a dime. So yeah, no, I. I Nicky's turning. Nicky's becoming a Ryan Woods fan. No, I'm not becoming a Ryan Woods fan. No, 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 I'm not turning. I think the geezer nine nine times out of ten plays like a cunt. But it's that it's it's those certain games where coming up he's going to do something that's going to fucking win us a game because of his his skill or that that ball behind the back line. 
and that's it. But no, he scares me to life because he's, you know, he passes back more times than he passes forward. But when he does pass forward, he can stick it on the end of someone. So he's worth playing just for one of those chances to pull off. So, yeah. I think with, um, so interesting one here. I think I agree with you, Gavin. I think, you know, Ben Thompson is better in a three as well because he has the license to just bomb on. And I think with that, then it allows the sitting players to kind of just obviously do just that, sit and kind of dictate play and not have too much to worry about going forward. But I think it is an interesting one. I think, you know, if we played Wallace in that 10, I, I think he's personally more effective the further up the pitch he is. He, you almost want him to be our Ronaldo. And I, I, sometimes I criticise yeah. him for that as well. The way, like, you know, he has games where, you know, he thinks he wants to do too much. But if you just leave him up front and he's effective up front, I think he he does more to contribute towards scoring a goal and less responsibility for him defensively coming, tracking back and helping out. It's just solely and he'll just help out up front and try and make a difference. Fucking hell, I thought that Mickey was going to swallow that bottle a minute ago. <laughs> <laughs> it went down in one. Well, I think we've got to find what suits Jed Wallace and the position that Jed Wallace is going to be most effective in. I would like to see him in that 10 role, and I think quite a lot of people would. So, well, what we got to lose? Nothing, really. That's try a minute. Christ. I think we're all wondering the same thing here. Uh, what are you drinking, Neil? I'm drinking summer fruits juice from Sainsbury's. It's, more, it's probably more expensive than Red Diesel, that, but... <laughs> it probably is, actually. But not as illegal. Listen, we've got We've got um, from Blue Focus podcast coming on in a little bit, mate. Who's from? Um, we've got <laughs> we've got Tom coming from um, Blue Focus podcast. I was reading what his podcast was to give it a plug. So yeah. So, so look, before we before we go into there, can I just have a five minute rant, please? Of course, you can do what you want. Right this week, to me um, and us as a as a show was yesterday was an important day in our history to a degree. I mean, back in the seventies. Um, a bit of a background story. A lot of people from London moved out to Basingstoke. It was allegedly going to be this new, vibrant, big town and everything else. A lot of people moved out there with cheaper houses, lots of jobs, etc., etc., etc. February 11th, 1978, for those of you who don't know who saw the post yesterday and, and possibly too young, not connected, don't know, um, we, were going, we were playing away to Southampton on that day, uh, February the 11th, 1978. And unfortunately... Eight of our fans on the way to the game from Basingstoke down to Southampton were involved in a in a very serious car accident and unfortunately lost their life. Uh, those guys were Al Smith, uh, Bob Bond, Bill Ward, uh, Rodney Phillips, Stephen Medcraft, uh, John Webb, Stephen Bates, and Stephen King. Um, you'll see that I posted a plaque uh, underneath the post yesterday. That was nothing to do with us. That's not ours. It's just a a photo what I shared that's that was actually paid for and the money raised for that was from the Millwall Forum called um, Hoff House of Fun um, they raised all the money for that got that all done and that is I think at some point going to go up on the club so that these guys are never forgotten my rant is I'm just a bit disappointed I don't know if they put it in the programme last week but I'm just a bit disappointed that the club didn't necessarily retweet or post anything for it um and a few other people connected around those things that you know they didn't do it we again leading the way as always on these things um and i think you know you know i'm, I'm happy to, to say i'm wrong if it was in the program last week or if it's in the program today or tomorrow 
then you know I put my hand up and say, okay, fair enough. But it's not hard to sit there and just retweet or, or, or post something themselves. The names and everything else was there. They know all about it because three years ago when I was found on the board, back to it, when I was found on the board and um, and the Memorial Day and everything else was set up, it was set up around this time to remember these guys. It was set up at the 40th anniversary. It's now the 43rd anniversary and obviously it's going to keep going. And as long as I'm still breathing and, uh, and I've got a platform, then I'm going to remember those lads every single year and uh, and no one's going to stop me doing it. I don't know the lads. I don't know any of their family. I'm, a few of their family have, have messaged us on social media to say thanks very much for doing it and all that. But I just think it's a, it's a firm part of our history and it's a firm part of what should never be forgotten. You know, eight people dying all on the same day going to watch a game. I think really that's just, you know, a little bit of respect uh, and remember them is, uh, is it. So, yeah, sorry, ran over. Actually, Mick, I think in the late 70s, early 80s, the Player of the Year trophy was named after them. Yeah, I think um, I think it would be an absolutely fantastic gesture if the club went back and renamed it after them every year because this is something that we shouldn't ever really forget. I know we take it for granted that we're going to be pretty safe going to games and... And you shouldn't really set out to go to a football match and not come back for whatever reason. Yeah, no. these this happened a long time ago, but we shouldn't ever forget. I mean, I was and two like, at the time I, it happened. Yeah, I was ten, so mm. it it shouldn't ever be forgotten. And no. thankfully, as a podcast, we're not going to allow it to be forgotten. But I'd quite like to see the club make the gesture of returning the name of the Player of the Year trophy to the Basingstoke 8, I think it was called. I, if anybody in the chat's old enough to remember and can actually put the exact name in there, I'd be grateful, but I think it was the Basingstoke 8. We shouldn't ever forget. No, exactly. And I think, you know, it's now only the MSC trophy or whatever it is, which, you know, Mill supporters um, trophy for Player of the Year, I think, it doesn't have any meaning like the Basingstoke. So, um, so yeah, there we go. Thanks, Omar. My rant is uh, is over. I just thought it needed to be aired, no, uh, especially especially for the podcast past this, because a lot of people would have seen the names and wouldn't really. Because the problem is, we're now 43 years down the line. Unfortunately, the way digital um, media and everything works, there's only one or two newspaper reports what you can see about it. And... They don't have their pictures because, obviously, at the time, there wasn't loads of photos of them. They don't have loads of details. It's not like now, if something happened now, you'd have probably 300 newspapers reporting it. But back then, there was probably, it's only the local newspaper which really reported it. And uh, and I think if we don't do these things and put stuff back onto the digital um, arena, then um, I think it will be forgotten. But we'll keep doing it. Every time someone, you know, does the Basingstoke 8, um, you know, Millwall, they find a digital link to one of my tweets I've done a few years ago on the 40th anniversary, 2018, and now, and then keep going forward. We'll just keep doing it. Um, so, yeah. It's, I mean, I think everyone echoes your thoughts, mate. Everyone's saying, you know, well said. And I think maybe, you know, you're saying about the club as well, but obviously a few people have said it in here as well. That there's no fan on the board since you've left, Mickey. I mean, obviously, that's something maybe we'll talk about another show or another day. But, you know, maybe the MSC could have done something as well for this. And I think... Um, Adam's comment, you can put it on the screen if you want, Mickey, but, you know, you can't stand the MSC. 
Um, I think sometimes the presence is sometimes, you know, it's it's there to link with the club, but maybe sometimes, you know, they should be doing more from the fan side sometimes, you feel. I, I feel anyway, personally. I, I do. I think the problem is, is that there's, you know, there's a FIFA regulation, which Dill obviously knows about through doing a bit of research the other week with it, but there's a FIFA regulation that you have to have a paid fan liaison officer within the club. Um, and that is Shona, and Shona does a fantastic job. I'm not, you know, contrary to popular belief where I've been accused of it in the past, I've never, ever slagged Shona off. Shona was um, looking after disabled fans when I was found on the board, and she is, she's mustard, proper, proper mustard. She's, you know, one of the, the good people at the club. Um, do I think they get a fan on the board again? Probably not, because I don't think really now with Shona's role, do you necessarily need it? What you do need is probably a what I suggested um, to a lot of people is what you need is a is a fans parliament as such or a, or a, a fans um, panel as such so that you've got representatives from um, the MSC, Mill Online, Hoff, Twitter, Facebook, etc., etc., etc. So you've got a group of people who are then all. Got, all got their own platforms, what they go on Facebook, etc. So then they can have a meeting once a month or once every quarter with the club with issues, but they can get the issues from their direct fan base and anything the club needs putting out, they can go back to their own fan. When the clubs need a survey, they've got their all their, all their fans within their set network to get reports, get stuff back. At the moment, you've got the MSC in charge of everybody. Um, they don't have, they don't represent most of the fans out there it's no fault of their own they just don't do it um ams is is not really there anymore we were there for the fight um and it, it's it you know people are keen on taking it forward but it's not there it, it, it's it's what you want it to do and they're in a no-win situation because no one wants to join the msc to to try and change it within and while you don't want to change it you've got the continuing people who are there who you know, people say, well, you don't represent me, you don't do this, you don't do that. Well, unfortunately, you are what you are. But, you know, sometimes we deal with things when we need to, um, how we do. You know, we, we sit there, raise there, and we, we question people. Um, we call it how it is. We don't necessarily, you know, attack people. We, we call it fairly, um, both sides of it. If people ever want to come back for a right return, they're always welcome uh, to come back. But, yeah, it, uh, my personal opinion is... There should be no one without absolute power. There should be a rolling chair as such and who who chairs the meetings as such. Equal vote across the panel and then they go back to their group. So, for instance, I don't know, say someone off the 45K group because the history group's a bit of a, a weird one, but say the 45K group, they have a representative. Anything what needs to have a vote within their group, they can come back, put it to their group. Their group has a has a vote, Hoff, same as someone on Hoff, someone on Mill Online, someone on Twitter, someone here. And then literally you've then got complete fan interaction and go forward. These are my ideas. They have been suggested before. Um, certain people don't want certain other groups involved, don't think they're allowed to have the power, which I think that, you know, Hoff, Mill Online, et cetera, et cetera, have equal power. Um, but look, let's, we can do this another show. We're coming up to international break in a while. Maybe we can have a talk, talk about, you know, my time as fan on the board and do a question and answer and I'll be as honest as I can with it. Maybe that's the best way to do it. AMS and fan on the board, we'll do it that way. Yeah, no worries. I think um, we're going to nip you just there because I think you've got a guest waiting in the green room, Mickey. I'll, I'll let you um, bring him in and introduce him. Well, I've never met Tom. We've we spoke briefly today. Hello, Tom. All right, mate. 
Yeah, you're doing you're right. Tommy's a Birmingham fan who's um, got in contact with us today to invite. It's probably going to be Omar, to be fair, um, to come on your show either tomorrow or uh, Monday to do a recording. Uh, sorry, Sunday or Monday to do a recording for their Blue Focus podcast. Um, but look, you guys called. He answered your call. Um, you can ask him. You can ask him the questions about Keith. Keep right on, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Thanks keep for coming on. on. Keep him coming. No worries, mate. No worries. Pleasure to be on. You look forward to our game next week. I mean, obviously, we normally have quite good games against you boys. Uh, yeah, I tend to dread every Blues game at the moment, <laughs> but I've not got much better to do in my life. So, uh, no, obviously, I'm excited, but then I've, I've overall. I'm not feeling too confident about it. Obviously, when we played you at home, it was one of our better home performances this season because we didn't lose for a change. Uh, but I think you were in a really rough spell under Rowett at the time when you came to our place. Well, that, um, that game was crap, it wasn't yeah, it? We, we that was an awful. absolute dog shit game, wasn't it? Absolutely yeah. awful. Pissing down with rain. Yeah, the only <laughs> thing that was missing was the police escort back to Broad Street, the bloody or New Street to make it even worse. <laughs> yeah. Um, to be fair, I remember the last time you came to our place when fans were allowed in, there was Millwall fans in the Omen. They were being chased around everywhere. I don't know if you remember <laughs> that. Yeah. So I think it was when we scored, wasn't it? I think we when we yeah. celebrated, there were some fans in the far corner. I think I remember it, yeah. Williams scored a worldie. That was it, yeah. Sean Williams yeah. scored. But, um, yeah, I mean... Yeah, I think it's on that YouTuber's video, isn't it? Smith. Didn't he do an on the yeah. road at that game and was yeah, sat did. right behind it? All <laughs> <laughs> of a sudden it starts going off and he's thinking views, views. Oh, I could just hear it all going off around me and I'm like, what's occurring? I could, I could hear it uh, up at the like, you know, stands and whatnot. Um, then I go up, you know, have a, have a little bit of a look because I'm curious, and then um, they're hiding behind the counter because it's the only way they can get away. <laughs> <laughs> the last time I went up there was for the night match where we won one nil. And, and I think it was, I think it, I think it was this time of year. Was yeah. it Thompson? Uh, or was it a few years I before that? Because we had a couple it might of be before that. Like that. Because we had, I think, Alan Dunn scored, and we broke the forty-three year hoodoo or something, wasn't it? Neil? Was it? Yeah, that, but that was the game. That was yeah. the game. Ah, that, that yeah, one. and yeah. it was, I think it was about this time of the year, and it was fucking freezing. We always play it you was on horrible. a night game. <laughs> it's horrible. You'd think they wouldn't, you know, do Millwall versus Birmingham as a night game. You'd think they'd do that more of an early kickoff, you know, stop people getting into pubs before the match. <laughs> yeah, but I tell you who played in that game was that Italian. Was it Diego? Oh, Fabrini? Diego Fabrini, yeah. He was yeah, quality that went for you. From us to you. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Really. the season after, didn't he? He I was like the way dreadful he when he came <laughs> over. <laughs> I love I I I his comment there, Tom. Yeah, he was brilliant for you. Yeah, for you. <laughs> yeah, but he ran that game, I think. He did. He had it, the game of his life. Yeah, it was when Alan Dunn scored. I think we, we won 1-0 and it was a header. And I think it was on a Tuesday night. I remember it, actually, Neil. You're yeah. right. I remember going up to it as well. So yeah. that was good away. It though, was then, absolutely it? fucking freezing, it was. I remember... <laughs> Yeah, but I can remember ending up in South East London. Oh, oh yeah. My boy, I think, had gone on holiday. I remember being in South East London about two o'clock in the morning. It's fucking foggy as fuck. <laughs> and, but I didn't give a fuck as we'd just beaten Birmingham, and I'd never seen you, you wouldn't, win would at you? Birmingham. <laughs> <laughs> no, to be fair, that reminds me of um, about two seasons ago. We beat you at your place 2-0. 
And um, I remember because obviously there was there was some fans on the bridge um, chucking stuff down, and we had to get. That well, makes we a were, change. <laughs> we were held there, um, kind of down that e- exit way for a good <laughs> hour or so. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. We could go into that. Coward's ways open for business. <laughs> You're on about the little gangway, isn't you? What leads you back to the station? Yeah, so yeah, yeah, that yeah. one. Yeah. We could go into that story if you want, because I was a fan of the board then. And I saw the CCTV of you lot as well. So, um, yeah, that's an interesting, that's an interesting board, topic. That's an interesting yeah. topic to go on to because you lot forced the gates open and stormed the old bill. And then, yeah, when the old bill, and then when the old bill brought the horses and the battens towards you, you run like little girls back in the other direction, which was quite comical as I'm well. I'm not surprised. <laughs> <laughs> it was freezing cold that night and it was pitch black. I just wanted to get back on the train. <laughs> <laughs> the other Birmingham game I remember was when we lost, was it 5 0 5-1? 6-0. 6-0, and Ziggit scored the hat-trick. We had Marlon two King players sent two. off. <laughs> yeah? Yeah. We had two players sent off. One of them was Lauru, who got a standing ovation. But, <laughs> but what's forgotten is they were sent off, I think, by John Moss, who played for us as a fucking trialist. <laughs> Uh, at least he got his revenge, I suppose. <laughs> yeah, unbelievable. I, I mean, yeah, well, I'll never forget that game because we were fucking shite, but everybody still got a standing ovation, including the, the two players that got sent off. And then, yeah. when, you, and then when you were here in the beginning, what, early night, early 2000s, wasn't it, when, um, when it went to the worst, worst, football, worst football violence metropolitan police yeah. had ever seen? Uh, doesn't surprise me though. Like, I, I think I think Birmingham and Millwall are two very similar clubs. Um, you Stern know. fucking John, did you have to ruin our <laughs> evening by talking about that? <laughs> what a bloke! You dominated oh. that game, to be fair as well. Um, Dion Dublin missed a sitter, didn't he? In that yeah. game, yeah, he scored a worldie in the first it. leg. Yeah, and then absolutely balls it up. Funnily enough, Lawrence Delalio, a good friend of mine, was at that game. The England rugby player. And he says he says he has never been so scared at a game of football in his life as he was that night. Yeah, I, I remember. shitted himself. My granddad told me that he was terrified when he was there. Um, they the fans were held back for about three hours, four hours after the game had actually finished. So um, I think that says enough, really. But I don't think the Blues fans will have minded because uh, obviously we went on to win that playoff final afterwards as well against Norwich. One of the dullest playoff finals ever, but at least we won. So um, I think so I yeah. spoke to a former player about that the other week. And I forget who it was now. And whoever won that semi-final, it was felt was nailed on to go up because yeah. Norwich weren't any good. It was Darren Ward, I think he spoke to Neil when he said that. Yeah, Darren Ward about that, yeah. But um yeah, I mean let's talk about this season though. I mean, Tom, what's what's going on at uh, Birmingham? I think I'm surprised to see you guys in twenty third place in the league table, to be honest. I didn't expect to see that. Where do I start really? Um <laughs> to be honest, the transfer window overall, both windows have actually been pretty good windows for us. Um I've been quite impressed with the signings we've made, but he just doesn't play them. Mm-hmm. Which, funnily enough, reminds me of Gary Rowett. Um, my only criticism ever when he was at Blues, he'd never play new signings, particularly Che Adams. And, you know, you look at what he went on to do. We all knew the potential was there. Um, but no, this season, he's just, he's never, he's never stuck to a consistent side. He keeps changing and changing and changing. 
And honestly, you'd think there was no chemistry between the boys at all. Um, and you know what? Every single game, we start well for the first 10 minutes. Look like we're going to score. We'll concede. Heads will drop for the rest of the match and just accept the loss, especially at home. Oh, we're just honestly awful. Yet, start of the season, we were okay. We had some good wins away at Reading. We beat Brentford at home. Um, beat Bristol City away. We were looking like a solid mid-table side. Mm-hmm. And I felt comfortable. But as soon as I start saying, oh, we'll be fine this season, look at where we are now. We're 23rd in the league. You've invested um, quite heavily in the past as well. I mean, likes of yeah. Harley Dean and stuff like that. They're, they're, they're not cheap players. And even New Esprit, is he on loan from Cardiff, I take it? Or... Uh, no, we bought him. Um, so, so some serious money being spent, I take it. And obviously for definitely. them to be 23rd, it's, it's not quite up to the par you'd expect from Birmingham, I guess. No, it's not good enough. Um, I know, obviously, we flirted with relegation for God knows how many years recently. So... I feel like we're used to it. Um, obviously, we had all the hype at the start of the season. We really thought we were going to do well because it's Ijaw Karanka. He obviously did did really well at Middlesbrough. Unlucky at Forest, even though you know he left when they were seventh, which I don't think was bad for Forest considering the season before that they were almost relegated. Mm-hmm. So um, no, I I had really high expectations, but he's played completely different styles. He's like it's like he's come here to try something new. And it's really not worked, especially with this group of players. You know, we're more known for a battle inside, grinding out wins, except now we're trying to play this kind of flair-style football that's attractive, which is why Rowett got sacked by our board in the first place, because he played unattractive football. And you look where me, that's got us. You bring me neatly onto it, because I think, you know, we can't not ask you about Gary Rowett, because obviously, you know, you sacked him for Zola, didn't you, when you was in the playoffs, yeah. if I'm not mistaken? Yeah, we uh, were. So is is Rowett looked as a as a good manager in his time at Birmingham, or what would you say is the kind of you know the underlying tone from that? Um, I think a lot of younger fans, particularly, always look upon Rowett favourably. Um, I particularly liked Rowett's time at the club. There was rumours that he was looking at the Norwich job, the Fulham job, the Derby job, but they were rumours that came about after he was sacked. So. You know, I, I really, it really wouldn't surprise me that they were generated out of thin air and there wasn't much in them. There was rumour that he'd gone down to Derby, but he said that was to sort out a mortgage or something. But I know he lived in Ashby, which isn't far away from there, so it wouldn't surprise me. Mm-hmm. Um, but no, he, he's definitely favourable in my eyes, and I, I miss the times with Gary Rowett and playing hoop it up to Donaldson. Um but honestly, we, we really looked like we were going to get playoffs that season. We'd started so, so well. What was the style of play under him? So you're saying, obviously, hoof up to Donaldson. Is that like... Because <laughs> you don't mention the flair. I'll take it that's when you went to Zola, you mean, as in like it didn't work yeah. out. Or, so what, Rowett, it was, it was kind of not pretty on the eye football. It was more just kind of no, effective, I guess. Definitely, yeah. It was disgusting football, in all honesty. Like, <laughs> it, it wasn't pleasant to watch. But it, it won us games. And I think I'm one of the fans that I don't care what I'm watching so long as we're winning. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm there to have a good time. I want to see the boys win, no matter how we do it. I'm not here to see pretty football. I've never been used to that as a Birmingham City fan. Like, we're just not that type of club. We never have been. Um, so, no. You pretty football, are you, in the championship? <laughs> you <laughs> no. below a certain few clubs. I totally, totally agree with you, mate. I think as long as your team, as long as, it, as, long as you go there, you have a good day, your team doesn't get stuffed 6-0 like I think happened to us against you. <laughs> yeah. And 
the football's just a bonus as long as they try. That's what we exactly. say down at Millwall, I think. As long as the players try. I'd like to pick you up on something about one of your better performances being away at Bristol City this year. Yeah, winning there's no achievement. We've won there. <laughs> yeah, they have actually had quite a poor home form this season, Bristol City. Um, not quite as bad as ours, since ours is the worst in the league. But, um, <laughs> you know, I, I think at the time it was still early days of the season. And at the time, I definitely saw the 1-0 win away at Bristol City is massive. But, I mean, it, I don't, I doubt you guys will have seen it, but after the game, the, the lads were having a big celebration in the changing rooms like we've just won a trophy. <laughs> and posting it all over social media, I'm like, what's occurring here, lads? Like, it's a 1-0 way at, at Bristol. Yeah, well done, we won a game. But we've not, we've not got promoted or anything. We've not stayed up. And, you know, you see all the posts like, oh, I love this team. Uh, great to be in this team. And they're all with their shirts off, big team photo and whatnot. And it's like, come on, come on now. We're not a non-league side in the FA Cup. It just I didn't make sense to me. And ever since we actually did that, that's when the spiral downwards began. Um, and it's just not stopped. Like, it, it do you just think, won't. Do you think you're struggling to play Saturday, Tuesday, Saturday, Tuesday, Saturday, Wednesday, like the rest of us in this league? Because I think... We didn't play this midweek, but I think it was the first time we've not played midweek for absolutely ages. Yeah, I, I definitely think we've struggled in particular. The fitness of some of the lads has been really poor, and that's why we were so good to see Keith and Bell go in particular, because his fitness levels, despite not being in the squad that much the last few years, it was still top quality. Um, and, you know, he was still... Even if he was asked how he was training, a lot of people spoke positively of him. Then when he came back into the side, you could see that. And he's the only player that would give 100% on the field, bar maybe Juki or even George Friend, who, in fairness, has been a revelation at the back for us. But he's been picking up little knocks that have left him out, and we've not been good enough. So... Well, look, this is going to be our show. We record on a Friday night, Tom, what goes out later tonight as a podcast for, for tomorrow. Um, we know we're going to get you back before um, on Monday or Sunday, Monday, when we do a show. So we'll get your predictions and all of that for that show. Um, but look, yep. thanks very much for joining us and giving us a bit of an insight into you. Hopefully, no worries, lads. You'll, you'll be speaking to Omar over the weekend or Monday, um, <laughs> no doubt. To, to talk real football and whatnot, and then uh, then we we'll take your predictions, and then when uh, your predictions fail, like they will, and we'll uh, <laughs> we we'll win, and then uh, we will come back and gloat. But um, thanks very much for coming on the drop of a hat. No worries, and um, and much appreciated. And uh, and yeah, we'll uh, hopefully you've got the idea of what this is, and uh, and we'll speak to you over the weekend and get you on uh, on the normal podcast. So look, thanks very much for joining us, and uh, and we'll speak over the weekend. No worries. Thanks for having me on, guys. It's been a pleasure being on, and I've loved the podcast. I think it's a great bit of banter. So, uh, yeah, no, cheers for having me on. No worries. Yeah, cheers, Tom. Right. See you guys. See you later. Bye. Bye-bye. Yeah, he's going to fucking lose. <laughs> <laughs> Should we call it a night here, lads? Yeah? I think so. I think everyone looks like they're going to bed. So, yeah, we're, we're, uh, we're definitely. But I think just, just before we go back, Gavin said that, um, Shona does a different role to what I've done. She doesn't. She does the same role. It's just that the role what I did wasn't publicised. But again, we're um, 
we'll look at a show going forward. We'll either do something midweek or we'll do something going forward where we do some question and answers on it. And I, um, I'll let Omar and Neil uh, interrogate me to a degree about uh, fan on the board and AMS times and whatnot. Maybe I'll get one of the other AMS guys on or two on and we can talk about those times as well. But I think we do it when we don't necessarily have football or we maybe do it on the international break. No worries. I think, uh, yeah, as always, thanks for tuning in, guys. We appreciate your comments and interactions. Uh, Neil Fizzer's got his hand up, so I'll come to him first. I think he's going to mention Inter Lions then next week, I'm pretty sure. What's Inter Lions? Like? Yeah, I am going to mention Inter Lions, Ben. Brilliant one we did with Mark Phillips this week. I've told you that it was good. Next week, don't reveal it. We released a video, we release a, a clip video tomorrow at two o'clock. Right, and tomorrow, 2 o'clock, you will not be disappointed. This guy, he was good. He did it at the drop of a hat, emailed him, well up for it. He speaks very highly of the club still. Loads of stories in, in there, Mick. I think that you've listened to it. Yeah, no, there's loads it's, of stories, mate. It's good. So it's going to be a good one. So we'll actually, 2 o'clock tomorrow, we'll reveal who it is. Yeah, and if you ain't listen, if you ain't listened to the uh, Mark Phillips one yet, you'll find out about the Paddy Kenny incident. Um, so you need to listen to that to find out about that, um, as it's something we all know but didn't really know the truth of it. Um, we get told part of it, and yeah, me and Neil know the whole truth, but we're not allowed to share, or else Mark will kill us. So um, yeah, we'll call it a day here. But anyway, thanks for tuning, guys. We'll uh, see you guys next Friday, and we'll be back with a couple of podcasts throughout the week. So. Thanks for listening, and obviously thanks for tuning in. See you soon. This week on RVER, sponsored by Progressive Insurance. Hey, Chief, we got a damaged RV on its way to the OR. Well, that sounds like a job for the new head of RV surgery. (laughs) Wait, are you promoting me? Congrats, Martinez. Doctor, that RV's flatlining. Well, that sounds like a job for the new head of nursing. So you're just promoting everyone now. Yeah, kind of looks that way, doesn't it? When your RV really needs saving, Progressive has you covered. See if you could save with a leader in RV insurance. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Coverage subject to policy terms. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with three for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. Beyond the pitch, beyond the results, we're here to connect fans, getting them to embrace the highs and lows of supporting your club because we're not just fans, we're a team. With two in three football fans having struggled with their mental health, we understand that life off the pitch can present its own challenges. That's why we're committed to ensuring you have the tools to stay connected with your friends and fellow supporters. Take a moment to connect with your mates. A simple text or an open conversation can make a world of difference. And if they don't respond right away, don't hesitate to follow up. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home ground advantage with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.